do you think it's possible for a relationship to survive this? Yes, I do. I do. It's going to be a tough road. It's going to be a tough road. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you're uh, you're in this situation with a one-week-old baby. Hey guys, welcome to another show. This is episode 120. Thank you for listening, where, whatever platform you're using. I'm so grateful for this podcast to be able to, to walk through things in long form, answer your questions. That's what I do here. Like we're sitting around a campfire. It's just me, campfire. I actually, it's funny, I actually have a, a brush pile burning right now, right outside this room. So it's very relevant. It's like I'm standing around the, the brush pile. It's burning down. You know, it's night early, early morning, kind of this, this somber, you know, fire. And, and you walk up, you, the guest, and you say, hey, man, could I ask you a question? Something that's been going on in my life, something, some, something that I'd like to walk through with you. And I, yeah, man, I'll, I'll, let's talk through it. The thing is, I'm not always right, you know, but, but it's just a conversation. That's what this podcast is. That's what it has turned into. If you have a question for me, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. And if you don't, you just want to listen, great. If you want to watch, some of you are watching on Spotify right now or YouTube, so you could watch that too. My life has been crazy right now. Uh, It's just, I started a new radio show called After Midnight. So I've been hosting that. And that's a nationally syndicated show, so you could you could hear it almost any place you live. You could find a station, an FM station that plays it. You could also hear it uh, on the on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, and then I'm also shooting a movie. This is my first my first movie gig, and and so I have a a, a lead role in a movie. We're shooting here in Texas, and I'm, I'm bouncing back and forth. Uh, we shoot five or six days a week, like ten hour days. So in when I'm not doing that, I'm, I'm hosting the radio show. When I'm not doing that, I'm shooting the Smiths. Uh, not touring a lot right now because of all this stuff, mainly because of the movie. Um, and when I'm not doing those things, I'm doing the podcast. That's what I'm doing today. So I want to get to the first question. I have one queued up, and then everything after that, we're, we're, it's, it's open game, guys. I have no idea what I'm about to read, okay? Uh, first question says... And it comes from Corey. It says, hey, I'm 14 years old. I'm in the eighth grade. I live in Longview, Washington. There is a girl I really like, but she has a boyfriend and they are both my best friends. What should I do? What's up, Corey? Shout out to Washington, Longview. I've never been to Longview, but shout out to our our listeners in Longview, Washington. Corey, buddy, I I would pump the brakes on this one. Um, First of all, being 14, eighth grade, it's not like it's not like you know the clock is ticking and you're looking for a wife anytime soon. So you know that's not not here. Uh, but th- these are your best friends. You don't say anything about her being happy or not, buddy. Eighth grade relationships just come and go. So I would imagine if you if you hang on a little bit, um, it's going to last maybe a year, maybe six months you'll have an opportunity when it's finished. This is not one of these scenarios where I'm going to say, "Hey, you got to make a move, you're going to tell you got to sit him down and tell you know, tell your buddy, your best friend how you feel about his girl or tell the girl 
how you feel about her. It's just not that. Um, it, it doesn't make any better for, any better for you. I'm, I'm sorry. It's not going to make um, it's not going to make your life easier hearing me say this to you. Um, but right now, you pump the brakes. It's okay. You got plenty of time. There's other girls there. Maybe they're they're not as good as this one, but just hang tight. This is your best friend's girl, and the girl's your best friend too. And it, it's I, it's understandable why you even like her because you guys have a lot in common. You probably hang out all the time, so she's just in your immediate group of friends. So yeah, you don't don't try to hit on your best friend's girl. Okay, that's just like man code one. Um, the the story might be different if you're you're 38 years old and you know exactly what you want in life and you could see this and you you have to say something and even then we're gonna have to talk about it. But Corey, pump the brakes, brother. But thanks for the email. Okay, let's 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 hop around here. I've got a, I've got a whole bunch in the queue. Um, I'm gonna hit this one right here. The subject line says. I took my own life, now what? Hey Granger, my name is Hannah. I'm 21 years old, married to my high school sweetheart, and we have a, one son. For context, I, I live in a ridiculously small town in Mississippi. I'm curious to know, what do you think happens to a person after, after they commit suicide? In terms of eternity, I'm talking about. I've tossed this question around my whole life, and I've gotten many different answers and theories from folks in different walks of life. I work in the emergency medicine scene, and suicide is an increasing issue we deal with. I'm a Christ follower, and I like to think that God understands the trials of our lives and that he has mercy on us. Thank you for all that you do. Your wisdom is a gift that doesn't go unnoticed. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you so much. Shout out to small town Mississippi. Thank you for your service and and the EMS. And I can imagine being 21 years old and, and seeing this stuff, you know, seeing everything that you see go go through the hospital, including including suicide. And, and I'm so sorry to hear it. And I get this question a lot on the podcast. Suicide comes up a lot. Un- unfortunately, it's a... Um, it's 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 a popular thing. And I I have an answer for you. I have I have a, an answer that I have thought cuz I've thought about this. I've I've dealt with people in my circle before uh in this kind of situation. And I so I've 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 really um I've had a chance to unpack this a lot. But it goes back to to what I say a lot on this podcast is it, and and for everyone listening the question is, we're talking about eternity from the perspective of a Christian. When you die, as a Christian, you, you've accepted Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. And you, through faith, by grace, okay? That's salvation. You're saved by grace, nothing else. It's like, we get into this a lot on this podcast, but it's it's never anything that you do. You can't do it by works. You can't be a good person. You can't walk enough old ladies across the street. You are saved by the grace of God through your faith, belief, is another word for faith, in Jesus. Okay? That's what the Bible says. That's not what I, it's not what I made up or my theory. It's not my perspective. This is what the word says, 
You are saved by grace through faith. So when you die, if you have faith by grace, you will go to heaven. You will have, we will will all have eternal life. As humans, this is, once again, I'm not speaking from my opinion. I'm speaking from the Bible says we all will have eternal life. But it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of where. Where will you have eternal life? And there's two choices, heaven or hell. So if you have faith, I'm walking through this as slowly as I can to unpack it like I've done in my own head about suicide. If you have faith and you've accepted Jesus, by the grace of God, you've done that. And as a result of that, as a result of that faith, that's when works come to play. That's when in James 2, we see faith without works is dead. And so a lot of people will turn to that and be like, you have to have works. Because look, James says faith without works is dead. But what that means is it means works as a result. So it begins with the faith. It begins with that salvation of faith. And then after that, you are compelled through sanctification to live out a life worthy of Christ after the salvation, right? So you live it out, but but you're not perfect, and you still mess up, and you still sin. The difference is after salvation, you hate the sin that you do, and you repent for it. So you repent, you're mad at yourself. You Say, say you tell a white lie. As a, as a non-believer, it, you might have a guilty conscience, okay, but you, you can move on from that. But as a, as a saved believer in Christ, you tell that white lie and you go, oh, I hate that I, hate that I did that, and, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, God, and I, I, need to, I need to make amends for this white lie. And the further you go in that walk, the stronger that sanctif- sanctification gets, and the more it just nags at you, the Holy Spirit nags at you and just gnaws, you know, just just rips you apart from the inside out slowly. It starts off right after you're saved. It starts off like you feel it, and you're like, that's a weird feeling I have. But after a long walk with Christ for years and years, you, you're, you just constantly want to shed it. You want to shed that sin. You want to stop saying that cuss word that you used to say. And you accidentally say it, and it just like your mind spikes, and you go, there it is again. Ah, I hate that word. I hate that I say it. I got to get better. I got to get better. So you're constantly improving. And then when you die, you go to heaven. You're still sinning when that happens. You still, you're still a sinner when you die. When you're saved, you don't, you don't automatically become... A, a, a never again sinner, right? You're not perfect. You never will be. So where does suicide fall in this? Well, as far as I've unpacked it, and I've told you guys the facts of what the Bible says about death and salvation. So suicide comes into play as, well, it's a sin. It's murder. It's, a, it's murder. You've murdered yourself. People that have gone through this, a side note, people that have gone through this, families, and I want to be sensitive about this because I have the utmost respect for families that have gone through this, and, the, and suicide so many times comes through men and women in the military, through PTSD. I realized through that, 
that many times you're injured. You're injured in, in the brain. You can't see it on a CAT scan. You can't see it like, a, like you've lost a limb, you know, like, a, like a, some soldiers have, have lost an arm. Well, you get injured in your brain and you can't see it, but it's, you're injured. You're affected by something that happened in war. And so what they call that, instead of saying they committed suicide, they say death by suicide meaning they weren't in the right mind. They weren't in their right mind when they did that. So they were, they were murdered by suicide. If that, does that make sense? So that's why they say death by suicide. And it's, it's, it's easier on a family to say that. And it's, it's actually more truthful than to say commit suicide because that, that implies that the person had full intention of killing themselves in the right mind. And that's rarely the case. So back to, back to sin, murder is a sin. And this is what suicide is, is murder. But we know through the Bible that, that a sin is a sin. And through repentance and, and salvation in the sanctification process, as you're working, working out your, your salvation, uh, then sinners can go to heaven. Murderers can go to heaven. So you see what I'm getting at, that the, the, my answer is yes. A person that commits suicide, or in the, in the the polite way of saying it, a person that has died by suicide, absolutely can go to heaven, because that does not that that didn't break our first rule. Our first rule is faith, great saved by grace by faith. So if that, so, the answer is in, in the, the long way that I've been saying this. That let me sum this up. The answer is if if you're if you're a person that you you've seen go to the hospital that died by suicide had faith and accepted Jesus Christ then yes they'll go to heaven regardless of how they die regardless of they if they were murdered by their own hand or someone else's uh, regardless if they they died of old age or cancer at a young age the faith is what saves you not the way that you die and not what you did. The sinner on the cross next to Jesus, the thief was a sinner his whole life. And right there on the cross, he looked at Jesus and he said, will you remember me when you go into your kingdom? Jesus looked right at him and said, today you will be with me in paradise. Just like that. That's it. It didn't matter how many old ladies he crossed, he took across the street. It didn't, it didn't ever, he didn't, he couldn't have done enough to make up for the, the, the thief that he was, but that didn't matter to Jesus. It was the faith that saved him. So that person that committed suicide, if they had the faith, then regardless of the dark time they were in, suicide is a terrible thing that the mind has to be so, so deprived and, and, and beat up and broken to to commit an act like that but it does not affect the salvation only the only the faith does it's a good question it's a good question i'm just popping around here okay here's one it says husband had an affair after wedding that's the subject hey granger I recently found out my husband has been sleeping with a girl off and on for the last two years. They, they started talking while we were engaged, and they met one week after our wedding. 
I currently have a one week one week old with him. And I found out that the last time it happened was while I was pregnant. I love him and I want to move past this. He said it was strictly sex and he wants to go to counseling. Do you think it's possible for a relationship to survive this? Um, she didn't, she didn't write her name on here, so I'm going to keep her anonymous. I'll start with you. I'll start with the final question. Do you think it's possible for a relationship to survive this? Yes, I do. I do. It's going to be a tough road. It's going to be a tough road. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you're, uh, you're in this situation with a one week old baby. I just, the guy has a problem, your husband, he has a problem. And this sounds like, um, sounds like this is, this is something that will continue unless something drastic happens. So yeah, take him up on the counseling and hold him to it. And if he, this is, this is what I think our campfire talk, we're sitting around the campfire. If he breaks the commitment of the counseling. You you need to let him know that you're walking out of this if he breaks the commitment to the counseling. And, and if he does, you got to do it. You got to stick to you got to stick to the threat. Stick to what you told him. You got to walk out. It's a, it's a toxic situation for uh for this this kid to be raised in. And I'm assuming I don't know your age, but I'm assuming that with a one-week-old baby, you're maybe 20s or 30s, and and there's time for you to uh, rebuild something else if this doesn't work. I, I think it, I think it's possible, but it's tough. Everyone listening knows this is tough, and it's it's rare. I, I personally know people that have totally recovered from a situation just like this. I personally know marriages that are strong fathers that are that are great dads uh great leaders and uh it, it's it's possible but most of us know more stories of this not working of him not fixing this and he needs to he needs to fix this immediately um uh, this is not on you this is not your fault this is not something you have done or, or something you're not giving him, or a way that you look, this is on him. He's cheating on you, and that's on him. That's a that's a problem he has. So you need to know that, and you need to go into counseling with him, and and be open minded about it, and pick a good counselor. And if he bails on this counseling, if he says I'm good, I'm done, I'm cured, and and the counselor says the time's not up yet, that you need more sessions. It's time for it's time to separate. For however long you want to do it, it's time to it's time to to put some space, some time, some space. Take the baby. Um, I'm so sorry. It it is possible. Yes. All right, flipping down here. Let's let's get one more and take a break. How about one that just uh, this is a generic one question for the podcast. It says, Hey Granger, I'm in a kind of a tricky situation to make a decision. I graduate college in May. 
I'm working at a sheriff's office part-time and I have the opportunity to go into law enforcement academy. I want to be deputy. I just don't know if I'm ready yet. I'm 19 years old. I need some advice on what to do. Well, um, buddy, I think you're, first of all, I think you're doing, his name's Chandler, by the way. Chandler, I think you're, you're doing the right thing by working at the sheriff's office. I think that's awesome. I always encourage people to, if you're going to get into a field, go work in that field doing something else first. You got to get in the environment. You meet the people that are doing it. Uh, you meet what could be your future boss. Even if you're just taking the trash out, you're just working. You're, even if you're the coffee guy, you're making good coffee for everybody. Be someone that everyone likes in the office and someone be someone that's useful for the office. I would start there. And it sounds like you're doing that. Um, you have opportunity to go into the law enforcement academy. You want to be a deputy and you're, you don't know if you're ready. Do it. <laughs> do it. You're 19. It's time. Go into the law enforcement academy. You don't have to go into the academy and immediately go into law enforcement. But through that process, you're going to be with a lot of other people that are in your same boat. You're going to be in that community. And that is key to so many things in life to get into a community of, of like-minded people. And I promise you, in the academy, you're going to have people like you that are going, I'm young. I'm, in, I'm still a teenager. I don't know if I'm ready to get into this. And you're going to go, huh, me too. That's how I feel too. And then they're going to go, really? That, well, let's talk about this together as we go through the academy. So then you're, you're going through and you're, you're going through tough situations that the academy will make for you. And you'll go through this bonding process through the, these tough situations. And you'll figure it out really quick. You're going to know. You're, you're going to either going to know two weeks in, you're going to go, you know what? This is not for me. I'm out. Or you're going to go, you know what? I, th- I didn't think I was ready. But that's the, the whole purpose of the academy is to get you ready. Like that's, that's what they do. That No one just decides one day they're going to be a deputy and goes right into it. So that's what the academy does. Not only physically and book-wise get you ready, but mentally, your mental toughness gets ready. You learn through that. That's what they're there for. So by all means, Chandler, do this. Do this. Take a break. Be right back. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? We talk about this kind of stuff all the time on this podcast. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be available locally in many other areas. So the service is available for clients worldwide. You could log into your account anytime, send a message to your therapist. You get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you could schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit and you know, one of those uncomfortable waiting rooms as, a, as you see in traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so that they make it easy and free to change therapist if you need. So 
It's more affordable than normal traditional therapy, and it's you know has financial aid available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Granger, that's H-E-L-P, and join over 2 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. So special offer for Granger Smith Podcast. Listeners, get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Granger. All right, diving back into these questions. If you have one for me, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. That's what I'm answering here. So you ask me, and I'll walk through it with you slowly, just like just like I have this fire cooking outside. Right now, outside of this room, we're going to sit around this fire, and we're going to go through your question. Next up here, it comes from Becky, and the subject line says, is anybody going to hell? <clears throat> Uh-oh, here we go. Granger, first off, love the podcast, the Smiths, and all your values. In several of your podcasts, you say when we are all we are all sinners, but we are or can be forgiven. So who's going to hell? Is the rapist, murderer, child molester forgivable? If I steal a car and ask for forgiveness, do I get to keep the car? Pretty sure there's more to making it to heaven than just asking for forgiveness of our sins. Thanks for your input, Becky. Man, that um, that's kind of parallel to the earlier question. So, so Becky, um, you're correct. You're correct. There is more to making it to heaven than just asking for forgiveness of sins. Absolutely. I didn't say that. I wouldn't have said that because that's just not correct. And... Once again, I'm going to say that I am, I am not writing these letters. I am just delivering the mail to you, okay? I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not giving you an opinion when it comes to this stuff. I'll give you the opinion when it comes to going to law enforcement school, right? To the, to the academy. I'll give you the opinion when your husband's cheating on you. That's just purely my opinion. But when you're going to ask a question that's biblical, I'm not going to give you an opinion when I know that there's a biblical answer that is the word of God. And that's what we as Christians believe. The Bible and the Bible alone is the word of God. Christians believe that the Bible and the Bible alone is the word of God. And the Bible says that yes, there's more in making it to heaven than just asking for forgiveness of our sins. It's not. It is faith in Jesus. You're saved by grace through faith in Jesus. You're saved by grace through faith in Jesus. Faith, another word for faith is belief. Belief, belief, belief. The belief comes from grace. Grace is an unmerited gift. Grace is an unmerited gift, and you're saved by it through your faith. The faith is also a gift. That's the tricky part you are saved by grace through faith. You believe. I don't think I don't think I need to say it a fifth time. Uh, I, I think I'm clear uh, now. After faith, after after your faith, you you will repent. You will ask for forgiveness. 
you will hate your sin slowly. That's called sanctification. I'm going to I'm just going to go ahead and say these things again even though I said it earlier in this podcast. I, I want to say it one more time just to make make sure that this question is heard, Becky. And I think it's a great question by the way. I think it's it's a, it's a great question. Um and it's it's very understandable because it's easy to think wait a minute. You're saying you did I hear you say you're saved by grace through faith, but what about murder? So I could just go out and kill somebody tomorrow. Um, you could just, I could just go, I could say, yeah, I believe in Jesus, and I'd go kill somebody, and i still go to heaven. You won't want to. You won't want to. And as, as we said earlier, James 2 says, faith without works is dead. What he means is, the works is a result of the faith. And if, if you don't have the works then you have to consider, maybe I don't have the faith to begin with. If I'm willing to go out and murder and and be and and not care <laughs> and not be not be have a repentful mind about it, if I'm willing to do that over and over and over, then you probably didn't have the faith that it required to begin with. Right? It probably wasn't real. As James says, it was probably dead. And that's that's a that's a good sign for you. That's a good that's a good barometer. Because because and, and I could speak for myself in my life, it's you can't just say I believe. You can't just say it. You can't just say it and it's done, right? You can't be 15 years old and you go to your church and you get baptized and you go. They say, do you believe in Jesus? And you say, yes. They said, do you accept Jesus into your heart? And you say, yes. And it's just lip service. And then you go out the next day and you're like, you're like pickpocketing people for, for cash and going and buying and selling drugs and, and paying prostitutes. Okay. Then obviously when you said that at church, it wasn't real. It wasn't from your heart. You haven't dove into the word and, and, and craving the word, like diving in and praying a fervent prayer, like, God, 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 save me. Pour your spirit into me. Let me trust you. Let me believe you. Let me know this. Increase my faith. My faith is is wavering here. I, I feel unbalanced. I, I don't know if if this whole thing is is real for me or not. Increase that. Show yourself. Be present to me. These are things that you see in the Bible. David says this kind of stuff in the Psalms a lot. You see this. You see, you see, show yourself. Don't hide your face from me. Pour your spirit into me, God. So these are things that you, you, you need to be saying if you have doubt and if you're still, what did you say? A rapist and a murderer and a child molester. Because the answer is to you, is a rapist, a child molester, a murderer forgivable? The answer is absolutely yes. Yes. And all the ears of the podcast said, ouch, did he really just say that? Yes, because we're all sinners. We're all dead in our trespasses. We all need to be reborn. We all need the grace of God to save us. And we can't rank ourselves as sinners. We can't rank ourselves and go, well, I mean, yes, I'm a sinner. Every once in a while I tell a lie. 
Okay. Every once in a while, I steal a song on the internet. I'll download a free song, but at least I'm not a rapist. Like God, God hates the rapist. So I still, like, I lie a little bit. Like I, I break the first commandment, which is put God first, basically put God above all. There are, are no other gods above him. Well, I mean, I, I really love my job and I really love this and that, but, but you know, at least I'm not a murderer. So God doesn't rank us. He looks at us all as broken sinners and then we're saved by grace through faith. And so it, I hope, I, I, I wish Becky, we could have a back and forth a little bit. So then you could ask me your second question. It's hard for me just to answer your question one time and not hear what you're going to say back. But the people going to hell, to answer your question, so who is going to hell? That's what you asked. The people that weren't saved by grace through faith. That's it. Those are the people going to hell. The people that weren't saved by grace through faith. Not not the people that committed the least amount of murder or the the people that never got into child molesting, like, oh, well, those people are definitely going to hell, and I, I never did that, so I guess I'm good. No, no. You and me are just as bad in, God, in God, God's eyes. Me and you are just as bad as the child molester. Can you believe that? That's crazy. We, we've broken all these commandments. We are, we are rebellious people, and that's the beauty of grace. It's unmerited gift. He saved us when we didn't even deserve to be saved. And that's why we worship. That's why we say, God, thank you. I was a sinner, undeserving of salvation. And you saved me anyway. And I'll worship you forever because of that. Because you rescued me. I had no hope. Some people say, well, it's like it's like God throws you a life raft, life raft and you got to go swim and grab it. And then God pulls you in. I don't believe that. I believe it's more like you're at the bottom of the ocean, dead. You're dead. That's what dead in your trespasses means. You don't have a chance to swim to a life raft because if you did, that would be a work. Like that would be you're making the effort. You're dead. He grabs you the bottom of the ocean and plops you out on the on the beach and then breathes life back into you. That's salvation. You're saved by grace through faith. It is not by works. I'm, I'm, I'm just basically bouncing off of Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Look it up. Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. I'm bouncing that, just like versions of that back and forth because it keeps popping into my mind. Becky, thank you for this question. All right, man, where are we going now? Woo. I bring up the inbox and you never know where we're going, right? How about this? Subject line says, decision making about a relationship. Hey, Granger, I'm a new listener of your podcast and has opened me up and to see what the positives are in life. That's interesting. My name is Drew. I'm 19 years old from Illinois. My question is, I've broken up with a girl I met in high school about three months ago. The breakup was mutual, but I still have feelings for her, and we still talk to this day. The reason we broke up was because of the lack of time to hang out and her going to college far away from where I'm at. 
I've had a lot of time to think about it, but I would like to date her again. Do you think that's a good idea if we go out again? Or if I should just move on? And if so, what's the best way to ask her about what I'm feeling? Okay. Drew, shout out to Illinois. Thank you for the, for the question. Here, here's my thoughts on this. We're back to my opinions, okay? This is not facts. This is my opinions here. Brother, she broke up with you. Well, you say, that you say it was mutual, but she's going away to college, and you guys didn't have time to hang out. And her college is far away. I don't think... I, it's hard without you here, but I don't think she thinks this is mutual. And and that's my guess is the reason you emailed me is because you're not sure if she thinks the, the getting back together thing is mutual. Maybe the breakup was mutual, but the getting back together. This sounds like she's going to college and needs some space. What you're feeling is totally natural to have this relationship and then you break and then you're thinking, was this a mistake? I, maybe I shouldn't have done this. Maybe I need her back. All I think about is her. Everyone listening right now has been through this where you're, it's, you're like at that rebound stage and, and you know, the first time you want to rebound, it's always to the original person. Like you always want to rebound to the person that you just broke up with. And then when you find out that's not going to work, you rebound to somebody else. That's always what happens. So I got a bad feeling about this. Drew, I got a bad feeling that she's she's off to college and far away and you guys didn't have time. And neither one of those two things is fixed yet. So you broke up for a reason, two reasons, and neither one of those reasons have resolved but your feelings are that you should get back with her and you're going to end up right back in the same situation. Once the, once that newness wears off again, once that infatuation starts dulling down a little bit when you're back with her, because in our minds, we just have this, we have this feeling of the chase. Like we want the chase. We want to get the girl. I want to get the girl. But so many times when we get them, that's when you find out what, what's really going on is when you get them, when the chase is over, then what? Then is the, does the feeling get stronger? Are you, is the chase over and it's kind of no more cat and mouse? Like, I, I got her. And now we're back to talking about we don't have time and she lives far away. So I got a bad feeling about it, Drew. Um, I'd pump the brakes on this one. I'd hold off a little bit. If you want to talk to her about it, you guys were in a relationship. I don't think there's anything wrong with calling her and just saying, can I talk to you about something? I just, I still have feelings for you. I'd love to go on another date and just read her, like read, read her, take her temperature on this. Right. And if she's like, I don't know. I mean, we still don't have time. Then you need to mentally then go, yeah, yeah. I don't think she's into it right now. I got a bad feeling about it, Drew. I would hold tight. I would hold tight. Um, She's going to come home from college. I'm thinking she's going to come home for summer and then you're going to get some extra time together. And you'll find out more then. Thanks for the question, brother. All right, back to the inbox. 
subject line here is depression and death. Hey, Granger. First, sorry if I misspell any words or bad grammar. No, no worries, brother. I love your music and YouTube and podcast. Um, second part of the question is, I lost my mom five years ago. My daughter started going to uh, going into depression after my mom died. She's 15 now. Three years ago, she started to smoke weed. Two years ago, she started drinking. My wife and I have tried so hard to support her. Uh, we've taken her to counselors and doctors. Till a week ago, she tried to commit suicide. It was very scary. Since that happened, my wife and I are going back to church. How can I support her? I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall. I, too, have been struggling since the death of my mom. It scares me, the thought of leaving my family. Again, my wife and I have gone back to church, and I I feel lost. Uh, I've tried to hide this from my family, and so I could be a rock for them, but but it's hard. Give it to me straight. I could take it. Thanks for any help. Sincerely, Jeff, Lansing, Michigan. Um, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you lost your mom um, five years ago. Your, your, daughter, your daughter needs to go with you to church. Um, you, you took her to counselors. You took her to doctors. Um, I need you to... I need you to take her along. I need you to uh, I need you to dive in to the Bible. I need you to read the Bible. Why? Well, besides the fact that it's it's the word of God and it's it's our instruction manual as humans. But second of all, you're going to find suffering. You're going to find death. You're going to find anxiety. You're going to find restoration. You're going to find grace. You're going to find rebuilding. You're going to find restoring. You're going to find the love of God transparent through all of that heartache, through all of that death and depression and anxiety and pain. You're going to see this this overwhelming lining through it. God doesn't eliminate suffering. He ordains it and takes us through the fire so that we can come out the other side with him. That's the power of God. There's no power in God of just helping us miss the suffering, like helping us avoid it or deleting it from our lives. Instead, when he walks us through it and we come out the other side with him, we realize that's the power of God. We made it. And we now we feel peace and hope and rest and love. These are things that you could learn through those pages in the Bible. Um, church is a good thing to start with. It's a good, it's a good kickstart Taking, taking your daughter, you guys praying together. You said, look, you said, give it to me straight. I could take it. I would take her in. You didn't say her name. I would take her in with your wife, the three of you in your living room. And I would put, I'd put my hands, I would make a circle out of the three of you, hands on each other. And I would say, God, we're lost. Since mom died, we're lost. And my daughter is going through a rough time. We don't know what to do. We're, we're looking for answers. Where can we find them, God? Give us, give, us, give us your peace. Give us your direction. Show us that your purpose matters, that this path that we're on is leading to something. Show us that this struggle and this pain is not worthless. It, it's meaningful, not meaningless. Show us that the death of mom wasn't, wasn't an accident that, that, is, that just is a mistake. 
Show us that it matters. Show us that this pain and these tears that we've had for her and for my daughter and through, through the struggle, show us that, that these tears are not wasted. They're affecting us. They're growing us. They're building us for a purpose that, that only you have painted this beautiful picture of. Do that in your living room with your hands on each other. And then see what happens. Let's grab another one here. This one says, subject line, picking where to start my career. Hey, Granger, my name is Josh. I'm 18, just graduated high school earlier in the year. I am now being asked by so many people, what am I going to do to start my career? And I say nothing right now. To be honest, I just don't know where to start. I don't know if I should start with something simple like work at the gas station or fast food or or just somewhere plain and easy and to get the money flowing. I guess where, what I'm getting at is I don't know where to go from here and I could use some advice. Josh, brother, thank you for the question. I love this question. And I wish you were with me at the campfire right now. Because I would say, bro, here, take this seat right next to me. Let's talk. You're 18. You just graduated high school. And what to do now? Well, <laughs> I would start immediately, immediately. And I would, if this was me, I'd get a pen and paper. And I'd start writing stuff out. What, what do I like? What do I enjoy in life? And maybe, maybe one of the answers is, I just like to be around people. I like to be around people that are like me. I like to grow. I like to grow and learn something new. Man, I like, I like hunting. I like, I love food. Um, hey man, I like, I, I got a kind of a wild side to me. I like working security or um, some kind of law enforcement. Hey man, I, uh, I, I kind of, I'm up for it, a world traveling adventure. The Army, the Marine Corps, the Navy. Which by the way, yeah, just saying buddy. You know the army, the marines, the navy. You know these you know they have recruiters that are looking for people just like you that are going, "Man, I'm Josh and I'm I just graduated and I'm looking I, I don't have an answer to where I go next." And they go, "We got an answer for you." Just saying, there's a local recruiter around you right now. But other than that, and and I, just, I secretly hope you do that, Josh, and then email me back and say, "Man, I went to the army." But Whatever you do, wherever you go on that, that pen and paper that you have, and you've, you've written down these ideas, take those ideas, circle, circle a few options, and you, and you get online and you start looking at some one ads, or you just go, go to some businesses and just go, are you, guys, are you guys taking applications for new employees? Maybe it is fast food. Maybe it is the gas station. Walk to the gas station. Say, are you looking for, uh, look, are you hiring? Say so they'll say, "Yeah, we're we're hiring," and you go, "Well, here's my resume. Uh, love to talk about this job." But whatever you do and wherever you go, do your best at it. If you if you go, say you go fast food, you're going to go to Burger King, and you're going to you're going to you're going to start at the desk, and you're you're taking orders, and then you're going to graduate to flipping burgers. Crush it, Josh! Crush it! Don't skip around. Don't be late. Stay a little bit later than you're supposed to. Get there a little bit earlier than you're supposed to. Be nice to everyone and just crush it. Crush it. Count the money right. Get the register closed out. 
Make sure you're, you, you're sweeping. If, don't, don't ever be sitting around doing nothing. Stay off of your phone. Get, grab, a, grab a mop. If, if you're not doing anything, grab a mop and start working until your boss comes in and goes, what are you doing? You go, oh, sorry, boss. I had a little extra time, so I thought I'd, I'd mop right here. They, he'd say, Josh, well, that, I didn't ask you to mop. mop. Mopping's not part of your job. You go, yes, sir. Well, if you don't need me to, I won't, but um, I, just, I, want the, I want this place clean. I, I just want to be the best I can for you. Hey, buddy. It's not a kiss-up to do that. A kiss-up is when you do that and you don't really mean it and you're not really doing it. But if, if you mean it and, and your heart is in it, like you actually do care about keeping that floor clean, that's not a kiss-up. And that guy, your, your boss is going to go, man, I'm only paying this guy minimum wage and I could easily lose him to any other job I better start thinking about giving him a raise and I better start thinking about some kind of management position for him. I'm just saying you could work your way up from Burger King to owning a franchise. It is definitely possible with that kind of attitude. Be there early. Stay there late. Never sit around. Don't be caught on your phone. Be nice to everyone. Keep your clothes clean. Keep your shirt tucked in. Whatever uniform you're wearing. Keep your shoes clean. Don't track mud in there. Sweep up, wipe the counters, do your best. Be someone that they cannot replace. I've said that before on this podcast. Be the guy that they can't replace. And so when he has some kind of budget cut and he's looking to cut some people out, he's like, well, not Josh. I'm definitely not cutting Josh. He's my best guy. And when he's not working the cash register, he's sweeping. When he's not sweeping, he's taking out the trash. When he's not taking out the trash, he's wiping off tables. And I don't even ask him to do that kind of stuff. Not Josh. Josh is my best guy. Be the best guy. That's your deal, Josh. That's what you're going to do. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next Monday. Yee yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. Hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.